Hey everyone, happy, what is this, Sunday? I'm finally recording this and I'm late, but I've um, been very busy and I finally got a chance to see Grey's Anatomy. Um, this was episode, I think, eight, season 17. And a very, very, very sad episode. Um, one thing about Grey's Anatomy, it knows how to get at your heartstrings and it knows how to really pull at every emotion possible. And unfortunately for this episode, uh, DeLuca, you know, uh, passes on and his passing um, is pretty troublesome. You know, he's, you know, it's one of their own. He didn't have COVID. He was stabbed. Remember he was um, in the previous episode, we found out, you know, he got stabbed by the woman who was doing the whole sex trafficking thing. And here's the thing that I got frustrated about when they were talking about his um, mental disability um, or his, uh, you know, his depression and his mania and all that, you know, because he was going through a manic episode, they felt like they could not listen to what he was saying. He's still a doctor. He still knew what he was talking about. Yes, he was very manic, but they were not willing to listen when he first talked about this was a drug, I'm not drug, sex trafficking situation. They wouldn't listen. And then by the time they did listen, you know, it gets to the point where it got to, unfortunately. Um, and I'm not going to put all the blame on Miranda and all of them, but when you do finally decide to look into this, you know, it's too late. You know, DeLuca ends up getting killed as a result of his constant, um, he wouldn't stop. When he saw this woman come back to the hospital, he wouldn't stop in pursuit of getting her because she you know, it's a problem and she should be in jail. So, you know, he ends up, like I said, uh, they couldn't save him. He loses his life. And the toll that it takes on the staff, they're already under a tremendous amount of mental anguish and despair. And we've seen different, um, you know, uh, we, we've been watching, going, they're going through like the mental and physical struggle of, working through a pandemic, losing so many patients, and now you lost one of your own, your own team member. It's just a lot and it weighs very heavy. Bailey is trying her best. She's refusing to go along with the fact that they did all they could do as far as Owen and and, and Teddy and everybody, you know, um, you know, even though um what's his name? Um the former chief, he's telling Bailey, he's like, look, I've gone through the, the all the steps, everything that was done, everything that happened. I don't know why that's insufficient. You're making your staff feel bad. You're bringing down, you're assisting in bringing down morale because morale is already down anyway. You know, Owen pointed that out and you're not helping and you going through and micromanaging and backtracking and ordering autopsies and all this stuff and doing uh, on Eminem and all that, you know, I guess that's their kind of way of just, you know, questioning the entire staff about that dealt with DeLuca and all of that. You going through all these different steps to make sure extra sure that they did all they could do is just not helping the situation at all. It really, really isn't. And this is her way of, She's not dealing with grief very well, which a lot of people don't. The denial is one of the stages of grief. Um, she hasn't even fully grasped the death of her own mom. 
Okay, so she's not fully there. She thinks she is, but she's not fully there because she's in the process of grieving. And this is one of her outlets. So we get from that, and um, our former chief, you know, he's questioning his faith. Um, you know, he's in a process of not understanding, you know, he, 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 he believes in God, but he's still questioning his faith, you know, with so much death around and despair. And these are doctors, so they're used to saving people. They're in the business of helping people and saving people, trying to save lives. And when you feel like nothing you do is working and everything is going against you, it gets to you. And so Chief Weber, former Chief Weber, he is literally going through a questioning of his own faith. Um, I wouldn't say he's in a depression but I would say he's right there at the cusp of it because he's like, what do I believe in? And his wife, you know, um, she had to go through, what's her name, Catherine, come through and be like, look, I just got my results back from, you know, because she has, she's dealing with stage four cancer. And she said, there's, you know, the cancer hasn't grown, but I, it, it's still in her body. You know, she still has it. I think it's on her spine. I believe it's on her spine. She said, and it's a miracle. So many people don't get to the point where I am, where I'm able to live and I'm able to walk around and I'm able to continue to, you know, be a surgeon and all of that. So it does, that was the good news that he needed to help him process and work through his grief and his despair. You know, um, there was another doctor. I think she's one of the, um, she might be, is she a resident or is she an intern still? I think she's a resident. She's going through it. Um, I don't remember her name. She's with the blonde hair. She's also the one who has a crush on Meredith. She is really not, again, she's in her denial state. She's not trying to deal with it. She's not trying to address the issue. She's trying to do anything else but deal with the issue at hand. And, um, I, you know, I'm so sorry I'm bad with names. The guy who's, I think he's also a resident uh, with the glasses, the, you know, he's, you know, he, he, you know, he's, he's kind of walking around, even though he's dealing, you know, the sadness of it all, but he's really trying to help people deal with what they're, you know, internally what they're going through. Cause he was the one that went to Bailey and he was like, you know what? He talked about the story about he's Jewish and he talked about how he cheated and, um, at his, I think it was his bar mitzvah. He didn't know all the whatever, all the words or whatever he, whatever he that he supposed to memorize. He didn't do it, and yet he said, you know, you know, he still was able to get by. And yet he talks about. He even brings up to her. He said, "You've never really taken the time back and deal with the death of your mother, and now you're trying to deal with the death of Deluca. It's just too much, and you need to take a step back." And you can tell it really got to Bailey. At that point, I think Bailey started the 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 wheels was turning and it started to click with her that she hasn't dealt with it because she's suppressing it. And that's not healthy because it's going to present itself eventually. And this is what Bailey is dealing with. And he was helping Bailey understand and realize you got to deal with this. You got to actually accept it, get out of that stage of denial, accept it. You're probably going to go through the stage of anger, and that's okay, but this is what you need to do. And ultimately, Bailey decides to take a leave because they did a memorial for DeLuca, and that was so beautifully done. All the staff, you know, recorded videos, and then they played his um, uh, video of him when he was 
trying to get matched to a hospital for his residency. And he was explaining, he said, you know what, I'm going to tell you all my strengths, but I do have weaknesses. I am, when I get, uh, when I'm focused on something, I, I go all in on it. I'm very stubborn about certain things. And, you know, I can be really relentless when it comes to certain issues. I will continue and go at it and go at it until I resolve it. He said, that's my only weakness. And it was just, he was just so beautifully done. He was like, I hope I get matched to Grace Sloan because this is one of the best hospitals and all this and that. It was beautifully done. And it just really brought tears to your eyes and you could see everybody out there crying. And, 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 and it was just, you know, a moment of togetherness, but sadness and letting go. Um, we're seeing Link, you know, him and Amelia, they're at the house. They're dealing with not only their newborn, but they're also helping now with Meredith's children because Meredith is still in this coma. And so they're dealing with that. And it's been, again, during the pandemic, you are limited in where you can go. And Link is having a hard time. It's like he needs an outlet. And his outlet has been sneak some whiskey, go in the garage, have a few drinks, play his guitar. That's his little outlet because he needs to get away. And Amelia takes it as when she finds the whiskey, because it was actually in the cabinet hidden behind whatever. And she approaches him and she was like, why are you sneak drinking? Like, that's not, you know, that ain't a sign. That's not a positive sign. He's like, well, I was being respectful. I did not want to drink in front of you. And I get that. You know, she is a um, not an alcoholic, but she's been a drug addict and I guess drug and alcohol, whatever. She can't do any of those things. And sitting around drinking in front of her, especially during this time where everybody is stressed, isn't going to help her. And so he's trying not to do this in front of her. So he goes off and then he wants his time to himself. He wants to be with himself, you know, um, for a few minutes, you know, that's his little outlet. So they get into an argument. He ends up going over to, uh, what's the girl's name? Um, Oh, God, I forget her name, but you know what I'm talking about. The one who wants to change specialties. Link's best friend, the one that was married to the doctor who dumped her. Anyway, whatever, uh, Joe, that's her name, Joe. He goes over to Joe's place. Joe and um, Jackson are in this sexual relationship only, and they're very being very adamant that if this is supposed to only be sexual. So Jay, Joe is in her bed, and Jackson is sleeping on the couch. All right, whatever. Link comes over. He already knew about their situation. He comes over. He brings the scotch or whatever whatever it was. And Joe and Link actually are the ones drinking because um, Jackson's like he's on duty, so he can't have any alcohol. And they're dealing, like I said, you know, Joe has been having a hard, you know, she's having a hard time dealing with the pandemic and all of that. And she decides she wants to change specialties because she needs some positivity in her life. I don't know if that's the right move. So she wants to go into OBG. She wants to become an OBGYN. Right now she is, uh, I think she's in general medicine, but now she wants to switch to OBGYN because it's more positive. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, it's great delivering babies and dealing with babies, but I think it's even more gut-wrenching if the babies don't make it, you know, babies born, stillborn, babies, you know, on ventilators because they're born with ailments and all this type of stuff, or they're born premature. Sometimes that could be even more gut-wrenching. You're watching these parents, watching their child who is, at, at, you know, who's dying. I, I don't know the logic behind what she's saying is making sense, uh, especially she's a doctor and she 
I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure about Joe. Joe is one of those characters that I never could quite get with. I could never really get with Joe. Joe was always an oddity as far as a, she just, I don't know. I, I never could quite, I never really liked or disliked her. She was one of those types of characters. With DeLuca, at least I got used to him pretty quick and I liked his tenacity. With Joe, uh, girl, I, I don't know. I, I don't know about her. But anyway, they over there at the house, they playing games and drinking games and talking about stories, you know, sad, whoever has the, the, the saddest story gets to drink the final shot in the bottle. Link talks about a story. Um, what did he talk about? I don't even forgot what Link was talking about. I think about his parents and them getting remarried. And I don't know. Joe talked about what she would wear at DeLuca's funeral if he were to have a funeral. At any rate, Link went ahead and drank the last shot. Then they get a call. It's time for them to go to the memorial. And like I mentioned, I told you how the memorial went. Meredith is still on her, she's on the um, uh, the machine, you know, the breathing machine, all that. And in Meredith's coma state, she's able to see people who have died or are dying. And she can actually have a conversation with them. And she sees DeLuca. And this was last episode where she actually saw DeLuca and, you know, DeLuca was like, you know what, um, you know, I don't know if I'm going to see you anymore. I don't know what's going to happen beyond here, but I do know that I need to leave because his mother was calling his name. It was really sad. His mother was calling him and he was really happy about it. And he did tell her, he said, your children need you. She said she understands. And he said, I got to go. I have to leave now. And you know, we'll see. And he goes and beats with his mom. And that's when he actually dies on the table. Um, Meredith's episode, she sees her ex-husband and, you know, um, she's still in this limbo state. She doesn't want to let go of this beach and this happy surrounding. She doesn't want to let it go. She, um, but then again, she knows she needs to. Um, they were trying to I guess lessen the, the 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 breathing tube, so try to get her weaner off of the breathing tube and stuff like that. But um, <clears throat> it's still not; she's still not quite there yet. Teddy is again walking around in complete denial, and she had talked last episode to um, um, you know the the guy who was like the the butt the the butthole. <laughs> What's his name? I forget. Um, the guy who's in charge of uh, neuros the neurosurgeons, um, whatever, Tom, Tom Sarat, Karasik. And they had this conversation. Tom is really trying to get over her. And I really wish he would. Even though I think they are a better fit for each other, you know, Tom and Teddy are a better fit. I don't blame Tom for saying, I got to get over you. And I need for you to tell me that you never loved me so I can really rush that process. I don't blame Tom one bit. Um, so Teddy mentally is just at her wit's end. And during the time we see her at the memorial, she's on the side, she's crying. She's basically like she's giving up. And then we see in the upcoming episode, she's going through, um, the next episode, she's going through a depression. Um, <clears throat> she falls directly into a, a depression. Who else do we see on here? I think I went through, oh, um, yeah, that's pretty much everybody. You know, dealing with death and all the stages of it, 
dealing, working under the stress of a pandemic, brutal. It really is. But this is a good episode. Sad. Sorry, I'm losing my voice. <laughs> it's early in the morning. I'll talk to you guys later.